Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. privilege it is to be able to bring the word of the Lord to you. You know, these last uh, couple of weeks, we have taken a detour from the lectionary and have been looking in scripture to those whose lives have been transformed by God. And we've been focusing on this last year of becoming new and laying the foundation for transformation. For we believe that God desires to have all of us, our bodies, our minds, and our hearts. And within that, that transformation takes place. We've been hearing stories of transformation alongside Paul, formerly known as Saul, in his act of faith of following Christ and bringing folks together under the lordship of Christ. And last week, we heard about Esther, who had a heart for the marginalized. She used her position to help those who are being exiled. This week, we're going to hear a story from one who was well-recognized by one major event. But her story goes back a bit further as God recognizes her and sees her. We're going to be in John 20, starting in verse 11. So out of the reverence for the word, as you are willing and able, will you please stand as we read? John 20, start in verse 11. Mary stood outside near the tomb, crying as she cried, crying. As she cried, she bent down to look into the tomb. She saw two angels dressed in white, seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. The angels asked her, woman, why are you crying? She replied, they've been taken away, my Lord, and I don't know where they've put him. As soon as she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she replied, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Don't hold on to me, for I haven't yet gone up to my father. Go to my brothers and sisters and tell them, I'm going up to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene left and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. Then she told them what he had said to her. This is the word of the Lord given to us, the people. In your name we pray. Mary Magdalene's name is well known for her being one of the first at the tomb to see Jesus. 
Now, there are other women who've been mentioned as well going to the tomb in all the other Gospels. Mary Magdalene is the first name that is constant. And for, day, for today, we're going to focus on her story. A few facts about Mary, some obvious and others not so much. There are some theories out there as well, but, you know, we don't find them quite scriptural. So my hope is based off of what we read in scripture and from perhaps a bit of personal experience of reflection and emotions shared by loss and grief. She was a Jewish girl growing up near the Sea of Magdala. Magdala was a fishing town along the Sea of Galilee, along the route that Jesus was traveling to Capernaum. She obviously was a woman, and a woman in that time, um, it was meant for her to be inferior to men. They were really limited in their roles, and public speaking was one of them. And with that in mind, it is incredible that her name has been mentioned 12 times in Scripture, more than most of the other apostles and definitely more than the other women. We know as Jesus was traveling along the sea route throughout the four Gospels, we read how the crowds had gathered around and how Jesus would walk along the shore speaking to people. And as people gathered, he would heal and he would touch them and heal them from sicknesses and from those who were demon-possessed. So it's not to be underestimated that thousands had heard, saw, been, and heard Jesus speak. And as they went to them, and some were even perhaps on a hillside watching from afar, we're going to take a look at Mary's life a bit further back than here in chapter 20. And it's recorded in Luke 8 that Mary was healed of seven evil spirits. Now, we don't know how long she had this, nor do we know how they affected her. The horror of human torment in mind and body alone would be both a mental and physical fatigue that would tear apart any soul. I believe we see this today in many different forms as well, different mental illnesses, body image, psychological abuse, and so much more. Mary, believing up to that point that this was all her life would amount to, a woman struggling, being ignored and pushed away, the frustration and agony that she carried, the desperation to seek someone, anyone to see her and understand the darkness that was going on through her. Somewhere along the way, Mary met up with Jesus and was healed. And it's not difficult to understand why those who had been healed by our Lord would want to be around him traveling. The women who had been healed by Jesus and who were accompanying him as well as the disciples were some who were actually supporting the whole group out of their own means financially. Now, Luke wants us to know that these women were not just riding the bandwagon, so to speak. They were active contributors to the proclamation of the gospel of the kingdom. Humanly speaking, okay, or right now, this campaign could not have been waged without their support. The party had to eat, 
and the food and the financial support was, was supported by these women. Can't say for certain, you know, others who were not contributing or who were to the support of the Lord's mission, but we do know that many women played a crucial role in this matter. I would imagine her given name, Mary, was replaced by other unsettling descriptions based off of her actions. She was known by something other than her true self. But Jesus saw her, saw the darkness of pain and grief, and recognized and healed her. Have you guys ever been to your 10-year your reunion? I think most of us in here have. Some of you haven't. Um, but you know, there's that one person who was labeled in high school as the weird or the underachieved or somebody who had the failing grades and you just didn't foresee them to do anything along in the future, right? Based off of what you were noticing. But when you go to that reunion, it's usually those that we anticipate they are doing great, far better than some of the others that you would have thought, right? They're holding down a job and they have a family and they're making something of themselves. Something changed in those 10 years. It clicked. Something happened to transpire and to transform them into a different new person. Sometimes we can only remember what image we have in our minds of someone else or sometimes ourselves from what I like to call a scrapbook of memories. It's hard to know them for anything else or to even see ourselves as anything more than our past. There was a scrapbook done on Mary of the things people saw or heard. But that one particular day, Jesus begun her life into a forward trajectory of change. The pictures would soon be different. A transformation was on the way, and she began to follow Jesus and the disciples. Now, not necessarily understanding it all, but she was watching and listening and, and taking the time to sit with him and perhaps even ask the questions that were so pondering upon her heart. Her time with Jesus and the others began to stir, began to kind of raise her eyebrows up a little bit more to some new understanding. Her shoulders began to straighten back ever so slightly as her physical posture began to change about herself. Her confidence and stature began to demonstrate the change that was taking place within her heart. What she once knew as being an outcast was now feeling accepted. She began to meet other women who were coming alongside. Those common conversations and, and side talk of struggles and challenges began to grow into knowledge and understanding of encouragement for other women of the day. She heard she was respected, she was welcomed, and she was invited. The days of loneliness and not being heard or recognized were filled with acceptance and love. For a couple of years now, Mary became someone new and different than her past. Her name 
Mary of Magdala or Magdalene, became known as a follower of Jesus that witnessed and shared with other women who were outcasted by society. Her name had a story from her past, and that story being a part of who, what was created, helped create the transformation within her heart. She became much later known through tradition as the apostle to the apostles. There's always a spark of hope when someone shares their story on how their lives are different because of Jesus, right? Once a quarter, our women's potluck, we get together, and we just had one this last Friday. Um, But we hear stories from these different women who have met up with God or have seen his grace poured into their lives and into their families. And the stories we hear, they're not of a life that is lived perfectly or sounding like a story from a fairy tale, but these are stories of transformation that are hard and sometimes coming from really dark places. These stories of their lives, hard and scary, unrecognized at times, are where we really see this transformation begin. Mary Magdalene's story continues. The days were approaching for Jesus as he made his way into Jerusalem. He's been greeted with anticipation and excitement to a week of more statements and parables and questions, preparing the disciples and those close to him of what was to come. And a few chapters back, he talks with his disciples, again warning them, in a day or so you're not going to see me, but then in another day or so you will see me. The days had passed. And Mary was one of a few that stayed until they brought Jesus' body down. Watching from a distance, witnessing the cruelty that had taken place upon her teacher and Lord. The one she had grown to love and lean on, where she found safety. She was having peace. And the beauty within herself kind of all started to be drifting away. Like she had lived through a dream of finding strength and confidence, was now feeling like a fog rolling all over her again. That scrapbook of memories, pictures of who she was, seemed to overshadow the current pictures of the woman she had become. Visions of the past 12 hours were a scene played in her mind over and over again. Hearing the pounding of the iron, the crying of the women and children in the streets, the images, the images. She tried to push them, the thoughts away, just to remember what had been. To see those more recent pictures of herself and Jesus, if only for a glimpse. Oh, if she could only remember him saying, you're going to be in deep mourning while the godless world throws a party. You'll be sad, very sad, but your sadness will develop into gladness. It had been an all-night wait till the dawn, and she was cold and numb with both grief 
and the chills of the morning waiting outside that tomb. The air was quiet and still as she waited. But what was she waiting for? He was gone. All she had known and loved was gone. Where was she to go? What was she to do now? Would she be missed? Would she only be remembered as the one that followed? Or worse, as the one who was marked by her past? Who she has become? Would that have only been a dream? A short time of experience that is now lost? As she got down on her knees to look inside the tomb, she looked up to see two men sitting, one at the head and the other at the foot of the stone slab. They wore simple white robes, and she wondered where perhaps they had taken Jesus. As she began to stand to address, perhaps grave robbers, who knows, she asked, woman, why are you crying? Now, I pause and I laugh a bit here because there are two angels in front of her. And when anyone in scripture has been greeted by an angel, they've only been greeted by one. Mary has been greeted by two, and she turns her back. But that just goes to show the pain and the ache of the one who loved him so. Can't even put the full picture in her mind as to what is happening They've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they put him. Mary is looking for the one who saw her, truly saw deep within her the pain and agony, the dark part of her life who had compassion on her mind and her body and her soul, the one who didn't push her away to the outside, but welcomed her to follow, learn, and hear. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? It was in these next few seconds as she was getting up to turn around that I believe the hairs on her arms kind of started to raise up a bit. She replied, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And like that, the one who once cared for her, the one who saw her pain, who had compassion, had provided her the shelter that she needed to heal, saw her in the darkness once again, recognizing the pain and grief she was enduring. The shepherd who went before her called out, Mary. Her name was spoken once again, her given name, her name that reflected who she was in God's eyes. She was remembered, seen, and known. She was known by the one she loved and adored. And all the thoughts of loneliness and weakness began to just shatter away. The emotions she felt the last several days and hours were open wounds of grief and sorrow that were exposed. But once again from her past and present fears, the scrapbook of memories came back. But now... They would begin being healed once again. John chapter 10, 34 tells us, The guard at the gate opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Whenever he has gathered all of his sheep, he goes before them and they follow him. 
because they know his voice. Mary responds to the one she knows and recognizes and cries out, Rabboni, oh, my dear master. It was as if those dark clouds had been lifted and she could continue where they had left off a few short days ago. She had heard from her shepherd, which makes it almost harsh at this point as to what Jesus says next. Do not hold on to me. And it really goes back to that split second when Mary stood up and turned to see for the very first time Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, the one who came to save, redeem, and transform. That something new, something different has been stated here. The time has arrived after all the many inquiries and pondering and questioning and waiting. Who are you looking for? This question is the same question Jesus had asked the Jewish and Roman authorities when they came to arrest him, as well as the question he asked his newly recruited disciples at the beginning of the Gospel of John. Who are you looking for? What are you looking for? This question was, it seems, a question actually poised kind of a quest, an invite to come and see a new picture into the scrapbook of Jesus. This question that had been asked from the chain of witnesses is now being asked to the first to see him from the tomb a woman, the one who was outcasted before. Who are you looking for, Mary? The quest, the discovery, all the parables and healings and miracles, it's been answered. The time has been revealed. Her story, Mary's story, the known name of Mary Magdalene that has brought her to this point has now taken on a new image herself a new transformation of her heart and soul and seeing a new Jesus. For what has Mary been requested, rather commissioned to do? Go. Go tell the others not only what you have seen me, but let them know I am going to my Father, your Father. I'm going to my God, to your God. John 15, 15 reminds us of this. I don't call you servants any longer because servants don't know what their master is doing. Instead, I call you friends because everything I heard from my father, I have made known to you. What can we learn from Mary Magdalene's story? Although Mary's name was common, there were several Marys throughout Mary Magdalene was seen by Jesus, healed and restored. And when she had those reminders of fears from the past, God saw them and again said her name. We cannot allow our past scrapbook images to keep us from following Jesus. We have to call out to Jesus. Why? Because he knows your name. Call out to him. Mary Magdalene placed herself amongst others alike. 
God meets the needs of his people through his people. We need one another. And Mary was committed to the Lord. Now, commitment builds up faith and develops character. But it demands a choice. We have to make a choice to commit. And our God needs us and our stories, just like Mary, to go. To go and share your transformation story. We are not to keep it to ourselves. So our worship team comes on forward. There was a, a scrapbook made of Jesus as well. Images and names made by some throughout. And that image may have changed after his resurrection. Jesus is our living hope. He is God of grace unchanging grace. What name do you say I am? Whose do you say I am? Let us pray. Father God, we just come before you with, with praises. For Lord, you know each of us. You know us by name. And Lord, we give you praise and thanks. Thank you for Mary Magdalene's story, Lord, as she was transformed from somebody from the outcast and welcomed and received and loved, and that began the simplest of changes, Lord. And Lord, when she was struck back by fear, you met her once again. May that be our reminder, Lord, that no matter how many times we are tempted or thrown back from our past that you see us and you are calling us by your name let us go before you lord and lay it at your feet and hear our name lord we pray amen. this morning will you please stand and extend your hands out may the image of god is found in the light of all people it shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. And so that all might believe we are called to testify to this light. So go forth. Rejoice in the love of God made manifest through the child of God. Go forth and testify that love and share it with all of God's creation. Go in peace. I'm never going back. I've made up my mind. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org/connect if you'd like to connect with us and have a great week.